since the very dawn of time, father-in-laws have set their daughter's potential suitors on dangerous and mighty quests to prove their worth. Climbing mountains, slaying monsters, and even watching sports. But here in 2020, we just go to the movies with each other. This is the Father-in-Law Cinema Club with Jimmy Eaton and Ken Tyres. Welcome one, welcome all, whether you be a lion, a tin man, a scarecrow, a munchkin, a witch, or a father and his son-in-law, welcome to episode number 35, or as they say in the old country, 35! Uh, episode number 35 of the Father-in-Law Cinema Club. I am Jimmy James Eaton, uh, financially ruined Australian actor and uh, emotionally bankrupt comedian and Lego player with her. And I am joined, as always, by the best father-in-law this guy could have asked for, Mr. Ken Tyres. Welcome, good sir. Hello, Jimmy. Financially ruined. I'm probably on a par with you too. Well, I haven't earned money for a long, 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 long time and it's even worse now, isn't it? Yes. And um, in our last episode, we were all getting, you know, howdy doody all about how restrictions have eased up and <laughs> now we're back into stage three lockdown. Yes, uh, shit once again, eh? Yep. Yes, <laughs> I definitely don't feel like I am over the rainbow right now. I feel like... <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, uh, insert expletive word right here. Uh, but Ken, I hear you've been having some troubles. Uh, you've been doing the right thing, I believe, wearing the mask. I have, Jimmy, I have. But uh, it had dire consequences, actually. Oh, do tell, do tell. You probably do know, and I think, you know, there's a big chance that um, <laughs> I'm being set up for Always. the... I'd say for the episode 35 we're up to now, I think this would be the 35th setup. Oh, I think uh, I think probably more. I think I've probably done like at least double to triple setups each episode. You, you've, you've done triple it. But let's say at least 35 times. But look, you told you me this to. story and I think, you know, the listeners, they don't come here to listen to, to this asshole, Jimmy, talk about stuff. They come here for the sweet Ken anecdotes. So well, Ken, uh, set the scene. Yeah. Set the scene. Where were you? Well, paint, paint the picture. As as you do know, and, and, and look, the thing is, the wonderful thing about us doing the podcast is uh, I have headphones on. So I never ever say to you, what did you say? What? What? Because I do have an issue with my hearing. and uh, He's not perfect, about, listeners. That's what he's trying to say. Yeah, a, a lot of yeah, you listen I, to this podcast and go, Ken, can we fault him? Yeah. Probably not. He's the perfect well, guy. But right. he does have some, some faults. You're, yeah, you're yeah. hearing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, minus my headphones. I, I do struggle a bit. And I actually, I actually remember when we went traveling, there was a few times where I'd just be chatting with you and you were like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, Ken, what have I just been saying? And you're like, ah, shit, you got me. <laughs> I never had the heart to just say, I'm ignoring you, Jimmy. But, uh, that's another story. <laughs> that's fair. That's but, fair. Uh, yeah. So anyway, but sorry, no, I interrupted. Where were you? Let's, let's set yes, the scene. Yes, yes. Well, we're... Of course, we're in the, the, the grips of this horrible COVID crisis, crisis. and and Daniel Andrews uh, has sort of told people, and not only Daniel Andrews, but, but uh, you know, Professor Sutton has been mentioning that to, to people, look, you should wear masks, and rightfully so, you know, to keep mm. the germs off people. And of course, I wore one down to the supermarket, but uh, silly enough, you stick them behind your ear, the head... You know, the hearing that's aids, not, of That's not silly, Ken. That's how, that's how yeah. you put a mask on. Yes, yeah. And then you put the mask on. But, of course, I had my glasses on with the mask with my hearing aids. How and do you, How do you? just before we get to the climax, how yeah. do you find, because I'm, I'm a, um, you know, uh, spectacly challenged man myself wearing the old mm -hmm. uh, frames. Mm -hmm. And the yep. mask, you get... You, it's hard because you get that you get the steam coming out of the top, and, and then it's, it folds it's a bit up of a, your glasses. It's it's a sauna for the eyes, mate. I, I mixed up a, a zucchini for a cucumber. I mean, it uh, <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> it sounds like the start of a dirty joke. Well, I, I walked in and I thought I had a, a zucchini, but I had a cucumber. And then they said, "Let me out of these wet clothes and into a dry martini." <laughs> <laughs> But yes, and I decided, look, this is ridiculous. I took off my glasses and then I just got jacked this bloody mask. So I've taken the mask off and then I'm going around and I could feel my left hearing aid 
and I've lost my right. My four thousand. Like it's, it's suddenly very quiet to to the right of me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it did. I thought, oh fuck, I've lost my hearing aids, and I only I've only had them for about uh, four or five months. And, and, and um, how much? How much does a yeah? How much does one go for? Well, a, a pair four thousand eight hundred dollars. It's it's a lot of money. But look, sensibly, when I got the hearing aids, the first thing I did was insure them with yeah. my insurance company. Which, mind you, in twenty years, I've never made one claim. So uh, now, so does that make you? Does that make you like a, a diamond member because you've never made a claim? Uh, yeah. Well, it could. It could because I, I am. I'm a bloody guilt edge member but uh, and, unfortunately uh, you've broken your good your, your good streak haven't you well that's it and, and of course i've had to make a claim of but i might add that i searched up and down every aisle I, I, I was only in the fruit and veg section so i went to where the bananas were but as you can imagine Ch- checking through the funny. cashews <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's what they look like and there was a bloke next to me and he, he said are you right mate are you right? Now, I said, uh, yeah. Well, You're like, no, I'm right. left. I haven't got a right one. I can't hear shit. <laughs> well, he was a, ch- a chap of very similar age and stature. He was a, lo- a very nice man. And he started looking out underneath the counter for me. And he actually went up to the guy in the deli section. He said, hey, mate, can you get a dolphin torch for this bloke? <laughs> and he said, well, I'm halfway giving this woman two and a half kilos of Straz. You know, what do you want me to do? Straz uh, for our um, yeah. interstate listeners is uh, also known as Poloni and Devon, just in case That's you're wondering right. what Straz is. <laughs> but anyway, I didn't find it, Jimmy. And uh, Oh, shit, I've, so it's I've, lost. Yeah, it's lost. And I've made a claim. Uh, I've got my left one in. That's hearing aid. And... Uh, <laughs> Not not zucchinis. And, He's no longer yeah. talking about zucchinis. <laughs> and uh, and and anyway, uh, what goes? You know, it's it's not the end of the world. I'm I'm getting another well, one. <laughs> well, it very much could be actually. Um, but yep. you know, just when yep. you thought you know the pandemic couldn't get any worse, you lose a, yep. a mechanical walnut in coals. Um, <laughs> and have you have you gone surprised. back to try and find it? Or I have gone back to try and find it. I've mentioned it to the. Uh, the young woman there about what had happened, and she they they look they were good, really good. They got a broom out and had a look under the counters, but and and does the hearing aid because this is a fancy hearing aid that you own? Did did they make yes. sounds or anything like? Do they do do they have little noises when you put them in or? Well, they do actually too. You, oh, what happens? Have you have you borrowed one of my hearing aids? Hey man, I think I, I think I'm uh, almost there. I almost need one. <laughs> well, it it says to you. Normal music mute. That's that's got a, oh. that's got a third one. Whoops. Oh, so it's like the third one. Yeah, and, and and it sort of tells you you can you can listen to music on it. You can listen to normal. And oh, the other one too is party. Oh, so <laughs> but like... you can't have a party this day. Yeah, well, that's in case you're in a, a party atmosphere with a lot of people around. I'd love it if you put it on party mode, and it's like. No, you cannot go to parties. You, ha- we have sent a message to the police. They are on their way. Stay away from KFC. Um, I also love the idea that, like your hearing aid, like how how often do you have to charge them up? I have batteries, little and, and round long, little batteries. How long do the batteries last? Uh, the batteries last about a week. Yeah, oh wow! Yeah. So like some poor nonna in Preston could have accidentally like scooped up your um hearing aids in a fruit bowl, and she's sitting there in the kitchen, and she could be like softly hearing mute, party, normal, <laughs> party. Well, it was funny. I I, I did <laughs> drop it near the, the grape section too, so it could end up in a fruit bowl. Oh there wow! A big chance. Imagine that. Someone's having a having a little uh, bunch of grapes and suddenly they get a yeah, prize. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, well, not going to be much good to anybody. I'm very sorry to hear that, Ken. And if anybody wants yep. to donate to um, Ken's new hearing I'm, aid. I'm, I'm crowdfunding. He's crowdfunding. <laughs> he's crowdfunding. Uh, you can send yep. donations or just, um, you know, rude messages to uh, Club at gmail.com. I don't know how you send a, uh, a donation to a uh, to a Gmail no, account, no, I'm sure there's a way. Everybody's, everybody's just saying, serve yourself right, you dickhead. You should yeah. have, should have yeah. taken 
taken them off when you took your mask off. But uh, this is a wonderful. This is also a wonderful time to tell uh, young listeners that there will be some swearing in this. I've heard two oh, already. Yes. I've heard two already from Ken. <laughs> we're, we're getting worse, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine as we uh, delve further into Oz, uh, which is a little sneak peek into the into the movie that we are reviewing yep. today, that the swearing will only get worse. So, parents, <laughs> you've made a terrible choice. Uh, I know I was on the Lego show, but, you know, do your own parenting. Um, look, <laughs> moving on, uh, we we have had a bit of a dry spell uh, with listener mail, Ken, but the spell has broken. The rains have come. Uh, we have some listener mail. Would you like Beautiful. to hear it? Oh, I love the listener mail, Jimmy. Uh, this little uh, doozy, Ken, came to uh, email fatherinlawcinemaclub at gmail.com and you listeners can do the same. Please write to us. Uh, You can write to us at our Facebook page. You can write to us on Instagram. Just, you can send a carrier pigeon if you want. We love listener mail, don't we, Ken? We sure do, Jimmy. And this one comes, this one comes, he said his full name. I wonder if you'll recognise this man. Gents, comma, drop line. Hello, my name is Bill Jennings. You said if I wrote you an email that you might review my favourite film of all time, Cinema Paradiso. Uh, I know who this person is, so I'm doing his voice. Particularly poignant today in the light of the passing of Ennio Morricone. Oh, yes. That's quite sad. Tragic. What a great man. The incredible soundtrack, right? Well, he actually says right here, who wrote the soundtrack to the movie, uh, obviously, Cinema Paradiso. Uh, what a body of life's work by the composer, dot, dot, dot. The good, the bad, and the ugly, the mission, etc. He did like pretty much all of Clint Eastwood's he spaghetti westerns. Clint didn't Eastwood he? and Bruce and Times Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino. Glorious oh, Bastards. Won an yeah. Oscar for the, eight, uh, the Hateful Eight. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so good. Uh, but, but I digress. Yeah. We move back to our listener mail. Also, yeah, sorry. Oh, here we go. He's given us a little helpful hint. Also, you don't have to download the film. I have the DVD. <laughs> he's, he's offering to uh, pirate his DVD to loan out, even though the warning, I'm pretty sure at the start of DVD, says don't loan this DVD out. He's willing to break the law so we can listen to this well, DVD, to watch this DVD. Dare I say the pressure's on. It ended up, the DVD ended up in my letterbox. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, so, so listeners, guess guess what we're going to be doing? Oh, one, fantastic! Well, in the near future, yeah, yeah. So, but, so uh, listeners, I, I will give the game away. This is um, one of Ken's very uh, uh, lifelong good friends, mates. Good, good mates, mates. Yeah. Oh, also yeah. a, a lovely mate of mine now uh, through association with you. Uh, yeah. But he he goes on. He says, uh, not telling you movie buffs how to buff, but. You could run with Cinema Paradiso, but feature a whole bunch of Miracone soundtracks in your episode. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much, oh, Bill. And Bill oh, says, gee, Bill. Bill, Bill <laughs> comma, a random bloke who you may not or may have never met. I think I stuffed up that last line. Uh, Bill, Cinema Paradiso. I've never seen this film. Ken, is it worth it? It's a lovely film. It's a lovely foreign film that actually won Best Foreign Film when it was made, 98, something oh, like that. It's, got it's won a lot, a lot of awards. It's won Palme d'Or, BAFTA, uh, you name it. It's, it's won a lot of awards. It's a, it's a really lovely, uh, what, what could you say, a love letter to cinema. And oh, okay. Beautiful, beautiful well, film. look, Bill, yep, if, you, um, if, it is, it's lovely. if you play your cards right, Bill, we might just review it. And all those other people who are listening going, well, how come he gets, how come he gets his movie reviewed? Because he wrote us a letter, guys, and you can do the same. Come on, so please people. send us your yeah. correspondence. Yeah. Tell us the movies that you would like us to review and we'll give it a red hot go. We well, we should, to. speaking of movies, get into uh, today's a big old movie. And I think, gosh, we could probably spend four episodes talking about this film. There is that much mm. trivia, both good mm and horrifying. Uh, Mm. Ken, I believe this is one of the most watched films of all time. Is that correct? It is correct, Jimmy. uh, It's funny. My kids, you know, your lovely wife, uh, Madeline, Maddie, and my other daughter, Em, uh, we bought them the, uh, well, it wasn't a a DVD in those days, a video. A beta tape? 
not the big baiters, size of a cornflakes box. No, no, this was a uh, this was a, a, a video, and um, it was what made in 1940. But they they wore the tape out. They just yeah. Loved it. And I think a lot of people have worn the tape out, yeah. Ken. It is time for yeah. us to put on our ruby red slippers, click our heels together, and say there's no place like home, and do some kind of cyclone house spinny thing over the rainbow as we review The Wizard of Oz. We're up have to, to see, see the, the wizard. wizard. The, one of the wonder wizard of the wizard of Oz. He <laughs> really is a wizard of a wizard, if ever a wizard was. The house began to pitch. The kitchen took a slitch. It landed on the Wicked Witch. Oh. In the middle of a ditch. Kansas anymore. It lands in theaters everywhere. For the first time, digitally restored. These things must be done delicately. And remastered in digital stereo sound. Well, that makes a difference. With all the songs. There's no place like home. The magic. I am the fun. Generations have waited to see the most beloved movie of the century on the big screen. And... Toto 2? Toto 2. We represent the Lollipop Kids. I'll get you, my pretty. And your little dog, too. Put him up. Put him up. The Wizard of Oz Special Edition. Digitally restored and remastered in digital stereo sound. You've never seen Oz like this. Anyway. Beautiful singing, Ken. Beautiful singing. Um, we went through the whole preview, just singing along to the Wizard of Oz. We, we rehearsed that song together for about four hours the other day. No, yeah. we didn't. I'm a we, yeah, well, we could have. Uh, we, if, if anyone has any song requests, please write to us. Anyway, no, no moving no, on. No. Now, Ken, this yeah. film has, you know, lots of wonderful stories, but I think, you know, yeah. just like jumping over the other side of the rainbow, there is also a very dark side oh, to this film, is there not? Very dark. In every direction, isn't there, really, from uh, the, the uh, tragic star, Judy Garland, who had a, a, a short life, tragic short life, but, Absolutely. but things actually uh, incredibly talented, incredibly talented. And uh, it was, it was a film, how could you describe it, Jimmy? Oh, it, it, quite surreal. The other musical that we've done, The Sound of Music, was, that had like a, a straight narrative. But this is, you know, for 1940, when it was yeah. released, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and and yeah. it was sort of one of the very first films to be in Technicolor as well. Um, so it would it have is, just yeah. been an absolute trip. In fact, um, you know, I think my dad seems to recall, I, I, he was born in 1942, so I can't imagine he went hmm. and saw this film at the cinemas. But yep. he certainly lived in an age where, you know, there was still the transition of um, black and white to colour. And, uh, yes. you know, um, basically my dad's a dinosaur and um, yeah. he said it was an absolute trip. And I can just imagine, you know, it, it would have been the same as going to your first, you know, 3D film, I suppose. It would have just yeah, absolutely yeah. spun people out to see it just so colourful and Technicolor as well. Well, well, that was the thing too. I, I can remember mum said as a young girl and, and my mother who is... Uh, you know, she's nearly 93, Norma. And uh, she said at the time, uh, Victor Fleming, who directed The Wizard of Oz, also old, old, directed... Old face slap, Victor, Victor Fleming. Yeah. <laughs> old backhands. We'll, we'll get into that, won't we? But uh, he made uh, Gone with the Wind, who, which is very topical at the moment because of the Black Lives, uh, Black Lives Matter movement. Yes. Yes, the, and the also ways, I, I think you know. Treated and yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you could you could kind of look at Wizard of Oz, and I, I don't 
think there's a single non-white actor in that film either. What? There's there's a green face and, and oh well that's a green all right. face in it. Yeah. Oh, they've completely <laughs> but, redeemed themselves. Yeah, but uh, it was it was it was colour and, and Gone with the Wind was colour. I can remember as a kid uh, the original Robin Hood was colour. I think that was back in the the early forties. But it was certainly one of the originals, and it did the clever mix of black and white to colour, which wow. I thought. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It was beautiful. So obviously, um, you know, the story of Wizard of Oz and look, we've got to say, you know, we're going to spoil it, but I don't think anyone hasn't seen yeah, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, look, I'm sorry if you haven't watched this. I, look, turn off now, I'd say. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a great marketing oh, technique. We've only got about five listeners, so we've lost three. Oh, look, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it it yeah. is a classic. It's a classic. But of yeah, course, you know, we start in in Kansas. Oh, and we should say before before we sort of go through the plot, this film yeah. actually, you know, it's considered one of the all time classics, and you know, uh, obviously one of the most watched films of all time. And it did make a chunk of cash later down the track. But when it first That's came out, true. it yeah, barely yeah. made back the two point eight million bucks it cost to to put on the show. It, it, that's right. It, it didn't make a lot of money. It was later on. I, I mean, the fact that here, here I am in the what late nineteen nineties, uh, buying the video and or the what was I saying? Not it was a video, didn't I? I bought the video and VHS and paying like twenty dollars for it. So. Bloody hell. There you go. So from 1938, yeah. 60 odd years later, you're paying $20 for a 1938 or 39 yeah. film. It, uh, well, they're probably amazing. trying to make back all the money that they lost. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But, but saying that, it is an incredible film. I think, you know, back, back in the day, people probably just didn't know what to make of it. And they're like, what? There's a film in colour? Get out of town. There's no film in yeah. colour. And marketing yeah. was different. You couldn't, you know... There was no such thing as trailers. I mean, the trailer that we played previously was never a trailer back then. Uh, yeah, it was... It didn't happen, did it? It didn't happen. You, you couldn't put it on... I don't think they had movie trailers on the radio or things like that, because radio was around then in the 30s. But uh, no, yeah, it, was, it, it was bloody it was weird, nuts. wasn't it? But of course, of course, as everybody knows, it starts in Kansas. And, you yeah. know, we, we meet Dorothy Gale, who's with Auntie M. And, of course, Dorothy Gale, played by the incredible yes, Judy Garland, who has Judy had Garland, a, yeah. uh, you know, a very sad life. Uh, but, of course, she's with Auntie M. Clara uh, Blandick, I think. Ah, I didn't have Clara, Dan. It was one of those things. But Auntie M was a, she was a, a prominent character at the start of the film. And, of, and, and of she course, was a kind aunt. You, do, you don't really find out, do you, why... She lives with her uh, auntie and uncle, do you? Yeah. I think I, that was in the book. I think it's explained in the book. Yeah, maybe she, maybe mum and dad were from another, maybe they were from Oz. Who even knows? But of course, <laughs> uh, you know, she's with Auntie M and uh, Uncle, what the hell? Is, uncle Henry, played by uh, Charlie Greatwin. And um, yeah. of course, she is in, in Kansas and it's, it's not really black and white, is it? It's more brown and white. It's very, it's, it's sort of... A, it is, it's... But, but wonderful things with, because of the modern technology, the, the print, I, I ended up watching it again on iTunes and uh, the, the print was, was wonderful. The black and white was wonderful. It's, it's almost like a sepia looking, yeah. wasn't it? And of course, and, we, we uh, had the, uh, the luxury of watching it digitally remastered. So we would have seen it in the yes. way that it was seen back then because was when I watched be, it in so. the 80s, it was grainy as hell. It was, it was it like a, a cyclone had been through the whole film and left dust everywhere but it was well, well as a well as a kid jimmy i used to see it on television and they'd play it through the school holidays and of course we didn't have color tv until 1972 and uh so it went from kansas kansas being black and white going into the land of oz and it was black and white still you didn't see that transformation into color wow so you're telling me that when you saw it when it changed into colour in the movie, it was still in black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what how I saw off. it as, as a kid. Well, I didn't have coloured television and, and I, I didn't see it at the pictures. I never saw it at the going to the cinema. Oh, which, my gosh. Which is a funny, which is a funny thing. Can I mention something with, with Emmy, with The Wizard of Oz? Because 
she was she thought that everything in olden days uh, was in black and white. I think as a little yeah. kid, I probably thought that as well because you'd see yeah, black and white yeah. photos and go, oh, wow, people were really pale and had very boring fashion choices back then because everything was yeah, in but, black and white. <laughs> but the problem was with Emmy, it wasn't until she was about 25 that she realised that, no, it was in colour. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. I, I hope you edit that out. I'm sorry, Em. <laughs> absolutely not. But it was look, really cute. We used to love that. We loved her thinking like that. Yeah, that is that is super great. cute. And I think I'm a naive child of the 80s as well because, you know, yeah. I clearly just thought everything was in colour. And, and you know, it would have been such a huge kind of deal to finally go, oh, wow, things are represented yeah. in colour. But anyway, yeah. we digress. So Dorothy's yes. growing up with uh, Auntie M and Uncle Henry and, of course, the, uh, I don't know, three stooges of, of the farmhands. Well, well, so it's... There were three farmhands, weren't they, too? And, and uh, that, weren't Hunk, they Zeke and Hickory, uh, played exactly by Ray right. Bolger, the fantastic dancer, uh, Bert Lahr, uh, who is just hilarious as also uh, the cowardly lion, because, of course, uh, Hunk, her, Ray Bolger, is also the scarecrow. Uh, Zeke yes. is also the cowardly lion. And Jack Haley, uh, the tin man, oh... Uh, is is Hickory as well, and and they are all on the the farm, and and Auntie M serving up what looks like potatoes or something or like rocks. Yeah. They're kind of just eating these well, fucking weird things. Yeah, well, it was it was post depression, and it, and that was one of the things with the film. It was it was to make people feel good. They were yeah getting out of the Great Depression, and uh, you know Hollywood tended to make big blockbusters to. To make people feel good. But I and think that was probably set around about the time of the Depression. And well, they speaking, were dirt speaking, poor, weren't they? They yeah, were. They were, they were poor. But speaking, you've, you said it was set. Speaking of set, the whole thing is a set. Like, it it's is his farm. And the scene painting yep. back then, it was incredible. There was no kind of green screen going on. And there was these no, beautiful paintings. Exactly. The only thing that is filmed outside in this entire film, do you know what it is, yep. Ken? No, I don't. It's the clouds at the very start of the film when the titles are going up. You see clouds in the sky. Oh, really? That is the only okay. time that it's actually wow. shot outside on a or like Gee, on a location. No, I didn't know so that. So everything yeah, was shot yeah. on a on a sound stage with lights that were kind of they were boasting that they were hotter than the sun. And Jimmy, you you can really see why it becomes such a hit stage production. Yeah, shows like Wicked. Yeah, you know they they reinvent the show, uh, the Wiz, the one with Michael Jackson and Diana Ross. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a stage, it's a stage, it's like a theatre play. Yeah, with with beautiful beautiful sets. And there's a cyclone in it, a twister that comes. Yep, yep. We're jumping a bit forward, of course, but it it comes in and and picks up the house and whatnot. But that twister in the background, that's not superimposed. They got like a yeah. massive amount of muslin cloth, muslin. I just yeah. said Muslim cloth. I'm incredibly <laughs> sorry if I've offended yeah. anyone. Uh, muslin cloth uh, spinning yep. around. And then they had dust projectors down the bottom. And then they had it on a big crane and would just move it back and forth. So there's this giant flipping fake cyclone in the background. And it's just oh, incredible. I'm going to have to watch that again because they didn't have... Uh, CGI. Uh, it was just they had to just do, be really, really clever. Oh, with it was all epic! Their, it was epic with all their effects, and uh, it was it was like that with a lot of things. When the the big uh, cyclone or tornado comes, the the way the door was unhinged and blowing, they must have had the biggest fans. Oh yeah, and and uh, poor old Judy Garland. I don't know how many times I must have taken that shot, but she was almost um, vertical. You know, getting blown away, wasn't she? It was, yeah. uh, but she was, was probably on so much speed that she was fine. She was just probably oh, thinking... Oh, poor old. Yeah. She's probably just like, <laughs> yeah, this is Judy. awesome! I'm invincible! Uh, yeah, because, of yeah. course, M uh, Metro-Golden-Mare, um, the producers were just drugging her up to, to keep her yeah. awake. Look, and, and the reason I, I you know, I'm sort of digressing from the film. Um, you did see it recently, too. I, I saw the biopic with Renee Zellweger, um, Judy. Judy, Judy, about Judy Garland. And the opening scene of that is where the young Judy Garland, who was 16 at the time mm. The Wizard of Oz was made, uh, she's being tutored by the great mogul or infamous uh, mogul, Louis B. Mayer. And 
he is just an absolute. Before Harvey Weinstein, this guy was an absolute creep. Absolute and, tyrant. Uh, a tyrant. And he, was... had a, he had a, a minder for, for Judy. Because uh, Judy, she, she hardly ate. She had to look like a 12-year-old girl. She had to be prepubescent. She had to be like 12 years old. So, so they, they, in, had, they put her in like a bodice, a kind of... Bodice, uh, so she, she couldn't see. Yeah. So she had to be flat-chested and um, she had to be this this young girl. And, but she and was a young woman. He used to call her his little hunchback. Like he was, he was yeah. the old, he was the ultimate negger. He was just kind yeah. of, uh, and I say negger, someone who negs someone. So they insult yeah. them to keep them, treat them mean to keep them keen. He was just yeah. so horrible and he, to he her. Was, and he was notorious. He was notorious. I even read a thing about him that they, he was Louis B. Mayer, but they they called him uh, uh, Douglas Fairbanks or D.F., who was a great actor at that time. And the reason being, they said he was a better actor than Douglas Fairbanks because when somebody would do something wrong, he would faint on set. So people would feel sorry for him. He'd go, what's going on? And then he'd pass out. Are you all right, Louis B? Louis B? Louis B? And it was because he wasn't happy with the scene. So he, he created this massive scene that when something wasn't good, he'd pass out. Oh, he, what an, what a uh, it was just any... He, yeah, he berated people. And, of course, Judy was the quintessential, uh, wasn't she, uh, Dorothy? She yeah. was beautiful. And, absolutely. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. And, and jumping back in, into the story. So, you yes, know, obviously, sure. obviously, we've yeah. got these, um, you know, fantastic farm hands who obviously have the jewel yep. walls. And then, of yep. course, uh, there is uh, the fantastic uh, Wicked Witch, slash Miss Gulch, uh, Margaret Hamilton. Wasn't she great? Who comes in great? and little Toto, uh, you know, Moneybags Toto, and we'll talk about that in a little while. Oh, uh, I love Toto. Who, who, who does Toto remind you of, Ken? Any, any, anyone, anyone that you might have met? Well, has uh, Chewie got an agent? Yeah, I think, I, I think if he's going to earn the sort of money that um, Toto got, I'm, I might be, I might put our own little Chewie uh, the Wonder Pup yeah, into Hollywood because uh, wow! But I thought Toto was great. But of course, you know, someone who didn't think Toto was great was uh, Mrs. Gulch, and she comes in and goes, "Your dog bit me, and I'm going to put it down." And so um, Dorothy is absolutely, you know, gutted. She does a bit of a runner, and she meets uh, Professor Marvel, played by mm. Frank Morgan. Who and Professor Marvel, of course, is is the Wizard of Oz and the Gatekeeper and the Carriage Driver and the Guard. So he he wins the most yeah, uh, yeah. roles in Wizard of and Oz. And he for was sure. he was ha he was hammered most of the time on set too, wasn't he? Poor old uh, certainly was. You know, yeah, poor old but, Frank. He had a, a drinking problem, and uh, yeah. But the show you, must go on. It <laughs> certainly does. But did you know that Professor Marvel in the Wizard of Oz, the mythology yeah. actually links to Captain Marvel and the Marvel Universe? Oh, really? No, I'm bullshitting. That's a complete lie. Yeah, yeah I thought it was. <laughs> um, no, not at all. There is absolutely no link to that whatsoever. Yeah. However, I was going to say that. That's shit, Jimmy. That doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> oh, you walk right into that one. Uh, but, you know, of course, Dorothy, you know, this is just the black and white part. And everybody's listening going, get to Oz. Stop talking about this shit. So, um, yeah. of course, she, you know, feels really bad. And she, she steals Toto back. And she's on her way yep. home. But uh, that cyclone, even though it's fake, comes along and takes her to Oz. And things yeah. get colourful. And oh my gosh, what? The, I mean, my fav one of my favourite parts is probably when she goes to Munchkinland. I mean, that set is just yeah, incredible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, it oh, you can geez. really see uh, in, you know, when she comes out of the door. Oh, and of course, we've got to mention this. Um, Pink Floyd, the Pink Floyd album, Dark Side yeah. of the Moon. If you play, I think it's when like after the third roar of the lion with um, Metro Golden, at the Metro Golden Mayor lion thing at the yeah, start of the, yeah. the film. If you start playing the record at that exact time, uh, some hippies decided that it, it's, it's really in sync and yeah. uh, to, to the film. And obviously I'm no stranger yeah. to, to, you know, having a bit of a party. There was, so a, there was a big rumour about that, wasn't it? Because yeah. they, uh, Dave Gilmore said, that's bullshit. They said <laughs> that somebody, one of the production guys saw the uh, Wizard of Oz tape or something on the speaker or something like that and said, oh, they've been watching, getting 
you know, off their face. <laughs> well, I actually tried it. Surprise, surprise. Out of there and, um, and, yeah, yeah. and it's actually really funny because when she comes out of the, um, the house, the house lands in Munchkin land and, and it, there's actually a crash on the record and she opens yeah, the yeah. door and then money starts playing. So it's like, dun, 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 dun. and all these little <laughs> munchkins are dancing to Munchkin land, but it's in perfect sync. Um, but there's oh, another, there's another really fact cute? that if you get really stoned and watch Wizard of Oz with Pink Floyd playing in the background, you'll get really hungry. So that's, a, that's another fact for you. <laughs> but, but, but I'll tell you one thing we didn't mention. And, and the, the most played and number one song in filmdom is... Uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, some, of course. Over the you Rainbow, totally which that. is... It is just a showstopper. And that was nearly cut from the film. Yes. Because they were looking at the, the time in the film and it won the Oscar for Best Song. And might I add, it was just wonderful. But that was shown right at the very start of the film, virtually about 10 minutes in. And it was never reprised through the whole film. And yet everybody says, The Wizard of Oz, oh, somewhere over the rainbow. Or over the rainbow, it's called. Yeah, Actually, absolutely. But they were, yeah. they were going to and reprise it. But they, uh, yeah. it was cut from the film because it was too sad. Cut from the film. But, but the, there's got so many show tunes in it, isn't it, that are wonderful. And they're really quirky, funny songs. Yeah. Uh, the writing you know, is it, brilliant. In the, in it, the, is in the it is the a book, musical. It is a musical. And that's what we keep forgetting. The book is so good. Like they're, yeah, and yeah. and they're, real, they're real kind of stretches to rhyme. I can't think any off the top of my head. But, oh, man. Like, if you really listen to the lyrics, you're like, wow, someone yeah. was, someone's being very creative with their rhyming. Oh, it is. And all the characters, uh, you know, the Scarecrow, uh, Tin Man and the Lion were, were, were just wonderful. And oh. they were funny. And I think Bert La, who was probably the least known of those two actors, of course, Jack Haley and uh, Ray Bolger had a long career in musical films and uh, as, as a dance man. Yeah. He was up there with June Kelly and Fred Astaire, actually. Well, Bert Lowe was uh, probably my favourite. He's so funny. Like He's funny, yeah. And, and his and tail, for, his tail like, like, just keeps moving behind because so, yeah. someone's clearly got a fishing wire moving it around. Oh, very, very much. And, and people of about my generation will remember a cartoon character called Snagglepuss, who was a lion. Do you remember Snagglepuss? I don't know Jimmy what you're Roberts. talking about. He was he was with Huckleberry Hound and uh, Quick Draw McGraw. It was, was it that top, same. And Top Cat was he? Was top, he no, that was different again. That was a separate thing. But that was like a, a Hanna Barbera as uh, opposed to the Disney you know, Daffy Duck and and all those characters, Mickey Mouse and whatnot. Uh, but yes, yeah, Snuggle was exit stage right even, and he had that. Oh. And he just copied that voice. He had to have copied Bert Lars' beautiful take. As a cowardly But line. back in those yeah. days, it wasn't copying or stealing. It was a homage. But of a course, homage, um, yeah, yeah. going back to the, the Munchkin land, because there's, yes, there's yeah. so much going on there. And I've got so many questions about the Munchkin land. Because obviously, yeah, yeah. she's dropped her house on the uh, Wicked Witch of the East. And she's killed yeah. the Wicked Witch of the East. And I just, I just love that, like, she, I mean, she must have been a hated witch. Because these Munchkins are just overjoyed. They're just singing after a murder. And it's kind they of, do. it's kind of really weird, especially the um, the coroner who's like, <laughs> like they're just so happy about and it. And you know what? And what a showstopper too! Ding dong, the witch is dead. The wicked yeah. old witch is dead. And, she and knocks that's... off her ruby slippers, of course. Here and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but there's uh, a lot going on. Like they're kind of singing, and then so. I, I, like I've just got some questions, and maybe you can answer them, Ken. I'm not sure. I mean, you're a man, yeah. you're a man of science, but like, oh yeah, I don't know about that. But I, I just wonder about the reproductive system of the Munchkins because they they look like sort of mammals and like bipeds. They're kind of humanoids, but then they walk past this giant nest, and there's a bunch of sleepyhead Munchkins just waking up out of eggs. Like, yeah. Are, are they birds? What's going on there? Yeah. Well, Jimmy, you, you know, later on in the film, they go through a large field of poppies. So uh, we know what derivative <laughs> from poppies are, don't they? I think yeah, it's, it's, it's some very of that Lewis it is... It's very, very, very strange. There's like a, there's sort of a class system in their munchkins as well. They've got like a, a union. Yep. There's like a lollipop guild, you know, like that. It was like Popeye. <laughs> well, they are quite well, Popeye. They, yeah, well, they, they, they are that, um, around that era too, there was, or era, there was a uh, 
era, era. You say era, I say era. I don't know, there I think you made an error. <laughs> around that era, there was uh, the Dead End Kids. It was a... What? And, I read, and it was the Dead End Kids. And yep. they were... Still, still no yeah, idea what you're talking about. Black and white, that would be when your my dad was a kid. It was movies made in um, Hollywood uh, and featured the Dead End Kids. And they were like young kid larrikins. And like the Sandlot Kids? Like, yeah, like the Sandlot Kids. They got ah. up to trouble and mischief. There was a character called Alfalfa and... Uh, they oh, were, is that the Little Rascals? The Little Rascals, yes, yeah. That that what did you they call made them? a remake that they they were they originally called the Dead End Kids. Yeah. What the? Okay, well, and yeah. and so they cut. Yeah, they are they are <laughs> like I know what you got. I know what you're getting at. Alfalfa yeah, is, yeah. Very, well, is very is very lollipop guild. Yeah, very lollipop yeah. guild. But what does a lollipop guild do? Like, do they picket line sweet shops who are like undercutting? You know, the unions on lollipops? Like, what, what does the lollipop guild do? Well, I, I reckon they might have been security for the munchkins yeah. because they they, just, they're, pretty, they're pretty rugged. You wouldn't... You yeah, wouldn't, they, do uh, have that, they do kind of show their muscles and, yeah. and may, maybe they support the, lull, the lullaby league who are also yeah, yeah. Uh, some kind of secret society. But that, that was only like a very small feature, but it's a very memorable... Uh, 20 or 30 seconds, isn't it? With the a lollipop, lollipop girl. girl, I just love saying the lollipop girl, but yes, of course, yeah. of course, we move on. Um, you know, they they she gives them the ruby slippers, uh, and they follow the yellow brick road, another showstopper. Um, oh, fantastic, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? Aren't wasn't they it? great dancers? How they do that all in sync because Bert Lars costume, uh, costume weighed about uh, oh, 40 kilos or something ridiculous like that. And I will say, if you ever get a chance, there's a great documentary called We're Off to See the Munchkins. And um, it's I'm fantastic. going to watch it. You told me it, about it. It interviews yeah, yeah. all the actors who were, it was sort of filmed in the 80s, who were still alive. And there's a lot of rumours that the, that the Munchkins, you know, were treated really badly. But they did get a bit of a bum rap on the credits because uh, it says that uh, instead of saying their names, it says the Munchkin singers. Like, they don't even get their names in the credits. And, and Toto, the dog, was paid $125 a week and was paid more money than the poor old munchkins. Yeah, the munchkins got the munchkins it did wasn't get that shafted. They got fifty dollars. Some of them didn't. One of them in the documentary where I have to see the munchkins got paid seventeen dollars a week, and Toto got one hundred and twenty-five bucks a week. A dog. <laughs> a dog. Do you realise Toto did make ten films? Eh? Ten oh, did films. He? That one dog, whose real name was Terry. <laughs> oh, really? Terry, not uh, Toto. Yeah, and uh, I'm impressed that he also had that hit song Africa. Very good, Jimmy. Very Thank good. Thank you. And of course, no, they no. meet, um, you know, the amazing Scarecrow, who was actually the actor who played the Scarecrow, um, you know, Ray Bulger. He was actually originally going to be the Tin Man. But he said, my dancing is so fluid. I'm, I'm, I'm like water. I have to be Scarecrow. I can't be Tin Man. I'm not, I don't do the robot. Buddy Epson was playing the Scarecrow and he yep. swapped. And then, of course, what happened, Ken? Well, Buddy, Buddy Epson, being the Tin Man, they used all this uh, paint on his face, that silver paint. It was aluminium. It was aluminium powder. Aluminium powder. powder made of uh, aluminium. Just, oh, terrible. And, and we've got a lot of those things that, well, we've got a couple of things to talk about too. Some of the really disgraceful well, this uh, was pretty disgraceful. He got so well, that sick was that terrible. he was, was hospitalised because he had aluminium yeah. filaments in his lungs and they, oh, just, they just turfed him and then refilmed. So they had to do everything that they'd already and, filmed. And, and the world would never have got uh, Jed Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies. It, uh, I tell that's, you, it was, it was funny. And, and Jimmy, we, we mentioned, you know, with the things with the poppies too, of course, they go into that field of poppies and they all fall asleep. And then all of a sudden it snows. And of course, what and was of course, the snow? You know, they, they were getting, well, they were getting sleeping from the poppies and this snow is supposed to save them. But of course that snow was made of um, like 80% asbestos. Asbestos. Like legit raining asbestos. This was basically really, Chernobyl. Exactly. That's what it reminded me of, Chernobyl. I, I reckon that there must have been cast members, not all crew, I reckon they might have got cancer or something somewhere along the line there but too. They, yeah. It wasn't like they it were was, ignorant. It was, it was, they were covered in it, this white powder. Yeah, 
And the thing was that it wasn't like asbestos. Oh, we didn't know. Oh, we didn't know that. They, you know, they knew even then that asbestos was, was people dangerous. People knew yeah, full yeah. well that it was really, really it, bad it for It was you. toxic. Yeah. Another thing too, they, one of the great things in Munchkinland, oh, there's so much fantastic stuff in this. They, they had this great scene where a horse is pulling along a carriage. Yeah. And uh, I think it was the Wiz in the carriage. Did they carry Dorothy? I can't remember. They did. But they carried Dorothy. Scene, they carry Dorothy, I'm sorry. And every scene, one one minute the horse is yellow and the mess, next minute it's like a purple colour and then it's blue and, and a green. And I'm thinking, what in the hell? And I thought, no, they can't do special effects and superimpose those colours over it. You know what that was? What was it? Well, that was uh, well, it, jello or we call it aeroplane jelly. <laughs> we call it in <laughs> Australia. It was jello and they had to put they they had to shoot those scenes that quickly because the horse would turn around and lick all this beautiful sticky pineapple <laughs> yellow <laughs> jello crystals or aeroplane yeah, they, jelly crystals suddenly the, the horse the horse of a different color becomes very hyperactive from all the jello yeah. crystals it's in it. <laughs> i reckon it probably killed the horse too i don't know yeah. about covering a horse in, so, in it's bloody right. jello yeah. fine it was already next to the asbestos storage so you know it was <laughs> it was already going out and of course uh the wicked witch who loves to make an entrance uh with a bit of a fireball she uh in the going back to the munchkins when she disappeared she fell through like a trapdoor. And then That's they, right. They burst this flame. The flame, and they, yeah, yeah. They and you know they had to time it really well. But one day, and you know, then they do another take. But uh, in we're off to see the Munchkins. One of the Munchkin, uh, one of the little people who played a Munchkin, says, um, "Yeah, one time they did it, and then they just had a big break. And apparently, the trapdoor had kind of misfired, and she got like third, second degree burns on her face yeah. and hands." Well, and and wasn't she a trooper too? We should mention Margaret ha uh, Hamilton, who has played Miss Gulch. And we have mentioned the, her, but we can mention yeah, her again. Well, well, just mention it. No, I just, you know, sort of go back to her a little bit because she was supposed to be the nicest person. Judy Garland just absolutely loved her. She said she was a treasure. I mean, she looked horrible. She had that big hook nose and the whole bit. And that That's was makeup. her nose. That's not her real face. Oh, no, I've seen what she looks like. She had a Bendigam snozz on her. Oh, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> but she was she was a single mother. She uh, she was an animal lover. When they gave her the role where she uh, the the line where she had to take Toto away and just get Toto destroyed, she was really distraught from that. She loved Toto, and Toto always went up to her and licked her and all that sort of stuff. She was offset. She patted Toto all the time. They become really good mates, her and Terry. She's, and, she's uh, just going to be like, hey, no, we're supposed to, we're supposed to not like each other. I'm yeah. supposed to take you. You little dog too. <laughs> but she was supposed to be a cracker. They, they, were all, they were all sort of great characters, weren't they? They were great characters. And I guess they had to have a lot of uh, strength of character because like we said, the director kind of treated them like shit. And they actually went yeah. through like a whole bunch of different directors. They had, they started with Richard Thorpe, who got the, who got fired after two weeks for, for possibly being too nice. Uh, yeah. And then they had George uh, Cooker, who... Cooker, uh, who was Kuka? a great, great director. Yep. yep. And he, he, he directed uh, My Fair Lady. He and he went and worked on a little yeah. bit of Gone with the Wind. And then Fleming yes. obviously stepped in uh, and then he, cause, and he was the one that was credited as the director, but he went and worked on Gone with the Wind, which they were making at the same time, because let's make things easy on ourselves. Just make yeah, two and, epics and at once. Two big epics, weren't they? MGM. But, uh, but those five and then there directors, was, there was Mervyn, one more guy, uh, King, yeah. uh, King, King Vida, Vida. Vida. And, and Mervyn Leroy, I think too, Jimmy. Oh, um, really? Five. They all were actually Oscar-nominated directors. I think three of them won Oscars for the, in their own right for different films. They, um, they were great directors in Hollywood, in the golden era of Hollywood, yeah. Did, did Fleming win the Oscar award for the most violent director on set? Well, you know that story, don't you? Too, what story is that? Let's, let's talk about it now. Oh, that's a segue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Judy Garland, uh, she, she laughed all the time, didn't she, with, um, with The Cowardly Lion. Yeah, when he first comes he was, out. Bert was a really funny. He's supposed to be a very funny man on set. He is a very she, funny man. She, and she had to slap him. So Judy Garland, uh, Dorothy laughed when she slapped the lion. He <laughs> sort of broke up a bit. and she, It was a, must have been a great blooper. And he's, in 
those days, they wouldn't just break up laughing. The directors would say, cut, cut. They were pretty savage, you know. Uh, time was important. And uh, he slapped her across the face, didn't he? <laughs> to yeah. Get her to concentrate. And said, you know, pull yourself together. And like, uh, you can see Could on you camera. imagine that happening now in a film where the director slapped somebody across the face? Absolutely and a young girl unheard of. And she was treated so poorly because, uh, you know, when you're watching that film, Judy, you gather that her life was pretty pretty crap and she she went oh, on to awful. make it star is born and the whole bit and she was starved of food and it was just yeah, like yeah. You, and when you're taking hardcore drugs and not eating and working long hours no wonder this poor woman you know ended up the way yeah. that she was it's yeah. it's it's really sad and there is that scene in um judy where um mickey rudy Mickey Rooney, I think. Mickey, uh, the famous yeah. Mickey Rooney, yeah. Like, yeah. comes in and they're, and they're kind of, you know, MGM, obviously, they own them. And so they decide, you know, who they date and they kind of wanted to create, they kind of forced them together, didn't they? They wanted them to be this sort of they, they Hollywood did. couple. They, they did. And they take yeah, photos just... of them having fake dates. So they were pretended they were sort of in a diner, but it was just in a set. And they had like, you know, a burger and a milkshake so they could look like they were having this sort of perfect American date. However, like, she wasn't allowed to eat any of that. She was kind of... So, so it's, it's, it's like the ads that you watch now for um, Burger... or not Burger King. What's the uh, uh, McDonald's and things like that? that yeah. They pick up a burger and it, you, you never see them taking a bite out of the burger. And that was poor old Dorothy, wasn't it? Uh, Judy. She, yeah. She had the burger ready to munch in and this minder comes along and just pulls the burger away from her. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was bloody sad. And... and uh, of course, her daughter was Liza, Man Liza Minnelli, who went on to win an Oscar. Who, had a, you know, she's had a bit of a troubled life herself too. Didn't and she, did you did, Didn't she marry yeah. the Tin Man's son? Yes, who was Jack Haley, and his son was Jack Haley Junior. And she married him, and they were married for about three or four years. So and Dorothy he ended and up the Tin Man's children married each other. Married, married each oh, other. That's so cool. And. and uh, and Jack Haley Jr. ended up becoming the big honcho at MGM. He became the big, he, the, the big man. He was like when it was it was bought and sold and all that sort of thing. It wasn't MGM anymore, but he became a big studio head himself. And uh, yeah, yeah. So they had a long. And, and, and another thing that came out of it too that I I sort of read a bit earlier on. Did you realise when Judy Garland died, that same day that she died, there was a tornado in kansas i heard that i don't know if that's yes. real but if that is real that is so yeah. cool i don't know it could have been made up like i make up half the shit that i come out with but shit it's good isn't it don't let yeah. the truth get in the way of a good story <laughs> what a wonderful bibliography uh here's, here's read, all our research here's our research sources most of the shit is made up you brought up with marvel that's <laughs> i got you with but I, I kind of can imagine that because isn't Kansas sort of on the cyclone belt? Like, isn't it kind of a pretty windy? Oh, it, oh, it area? is. They've, they've had. They're, it's notorious for cyclones, and um, yeah, oh, very much so. And uh, yeah, it's it's one of those. Yeah, a cyclone belt, I suppose that's what you'd call it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. of course, you know, they they do go off to you know meet uh, the wizard, and of course. The Wizard of Oz, uh, you know, sends them off to this mission to to take the broom of the the wicked witch, and um, yeah, it's kind of a nice fable, I think. You know, going, getting back to the narrative, in that you know they kind of prove themselves in this final task that they already have what they were after. You know, the lion yeah, shows yeah. courage, and and Scarecrow goes, "Oh, look, there's a chandelier that's randomly tied up with a rope over there. Let's pull that down." And the Tin Man shows that you know he's he actually loves Dorothy and. Yeah, I just, I just kind of the only thing I felt let down by was like the death of the witch just seemed super kind of tacked on. A bit of an anticlimax, a bit of an anticlimax. And also, yeah. what kind of idiot leaves like her kryptonite just lying in a bucket right in her, her own house? <laughs> I mean, she gets water chucked. She set, obviously sets yeah, the scarecrow yeah. on fire, and Dorothy grabs a bucket and throws it on her, and bang, she's out. And her guards turn on her really quickly. They couldn't stand her, so they were yeah. they were wrapped. She had the evil little monkey type characters, which the terrified monkeys. my oh the fly mate that terrified my kids. No end. That that was one part of the the story that uh, 
I think Maddie, both Maddie and Im had nightmares about that, that monkey thing. I, I had to hide the video off them until they were about 18, actually. So they could see. Yeah. it was a little bit, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty scary, wasn't it? But then, yeah. but then of course, yeah, and they are pretty freaky. I mean, like put wings on a baboon. Any, anyone, you know, worth their salt has got to respect and fear that animal. At best, it's going to shit on you from pretty, a height. At pretty worst, it's going to claw yeah. you. Um, but yep, then, of course, yep. she makes it back to, um, you know, Oz and, and we find out that he's a bit of a, a con man, uh, the man yeah. behind the curtain. And I do, I do yeah. love that. And there's been a lot of sort of parody That's great. plays on That's that. That's great. But then, That's great. Yeah. But then he kind of, he has this um, hot air balloon that I might add has no apparatus to actually ignite any gas. It's just kind of hanging there. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. But, but, you know, lo and behold, Toto, a little little scamp jumps out of the the balloon at the eleventh hour, and um, Dorothy gets out. And I I saw in the side that the Tin Man actually undoes the rope after Dorothy jumps out of the basket. Oh, okay. The bloody, bloody Tin Man's on the uh, on maybe maybe a double agent, I think. But then of course yeah. Glinda the Good Witch comes back and says, "Hey, you know how I made you walk." miles and miles and yeah. go through all this danger and almost get killed and burnt and and whatnot um you, you could have just gone home if you clicked your heels like <laughs> like what a bitch <laughs> what, what an yeah, absolute like, yeah should, but I, I, glinda i was a bit of a pain in the ass wasn't she really when <laughs> it all comes down to it but uh if but we've, look, learned, if we've all, learned anything uh, from wizard of oz yeah. Glinda was a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, look, look, it was wonderful to see it again, Jimmy. When you suggested we do it, I thought, oh, come on. I've, I've had me musical. I've had sound of music. But, but this was a bit different. This was bringing up, uh, well, more importantly, my kid's childhood as much as anything. Because I think as a kid, it didn't mean a lot to me as a kid because I was probably a bit past it. But my kids were right at that age where it really struck a chord because in those days, you know, you could buy videos and, uh, you know, you had DVDs and, and kids loved it, watching those things. through. And this became a big part of their life as a kid and, and therefore a big part of my life too because we used to sit down and watch it with them. It was it was wonderful to see it again. Oh, absolutely. And I was the same. I was obsessed with it. I, I used to get the action figures. I think I went to the, the you know, Royal Easter show or in Perth, it's called the just the Royal show. And I think I got the Wizard of Oz show bag. I mean, I was obsessed yeah, with it. Yeah. Like, and, and especially in these times, you know, uh, in, in this sort of day and age, if, if you went, actually, if I could go to Oz, I probably would right now. Like, I'd rather yeah, go to yeah. that Oz than this Oz right now. Whew. Yeah. You'd be following the yellow brick road, not the COVID road, wouldn't you? It, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it is. It's, it's lovely. And, and look, it was made for a time when things were terrible with the depression in America, after the depression, post-depression, and it made people feel good. And, uh, and that's what you need now is just things to make you feel good, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, if you're listening to this and you, and you think, you know, I haven't seen Wizard of Oz for a while, give it a red hot go because we watched it the other night yeah. and, I, and despite the, the near kind of Nazi war crimes of Metro Golden Mare, uh, it's a lovely yeah. film. So for the very first time, Ken, let's give it two ratings. So you can judge how horrible it was uh, with, with stars and then you can actually judge it for the trivia and the, and the delightfulness of the movie. So I'll go first. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. give it half a star uh, for uh, how shit they treated their cast and how yeah. they possibly killed a whole bunch of people. Uh, <laughs> but for the actual movie itself, uh, you know, the narrative and the text, I'm going to give it four stars because it's, it's a lovely film. I'm actually giving it no stars for the shit and how they treated the people because they were absolutely wicked. They were, those poor munchkins were, were treated oh, less than less. And uh, I suppose I could give it half a star. That no stars is a bit savage. Probably half a star with you and three and a half stars for the film. Lo lovely film, but yeah. But can I give one for the trivia? Yeah, sure. Five stars for the trivia. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say two. I would say it was it was fascinating. fascinating. In terms of yeah. films that have movie facts, I would give it five stars. So I think if I push all those together, I'm going to give it. You know, taking half away for that and giving that, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it four stars. I'm going to give it four stars as a film. Yeah. What about yeah. you? I'm going to. I'm going to probably have to give it an extra half a star, 
Jimmy Two Four Stars. I can tell you what, I enjoyed it a lot more than the sound of music, that's for sure. All right, Ken, well, that is the end of the show, and I think it's only fair that we've done a musical that you sing us out. We're up to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. We hear he is a wizard of a wiz, if ever there was, there was, if ever a wherever there is. Oh, God, I'll get myself tangled up. I think the Wizard of Oz just had a stroke. <laughs> Oh, this has been the Father-in-Law Cinema Club with Jimmy Eaton and Ken Tyres, produced by Jason Keary and edited by Jimmy Eaton. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and you can email us at fatherinlawcinemaclub at gmail.com. See you next time.